Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us James Roberts. How are you, James? I'm very well, Shahid. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'll allow you to kind of introduce what you do, what you're involved with. Okay, I'll do it in as short and brief as I can. Uh, I'm a transformational coach, author, speaker, two-time Paralympian, not much I haven't accomplished. But I, I always say there probably is, but I've always been able to add an additional thing. I always probably should put the, the two-time Paralympian first, but I don't want to be one of those sportsmen that's that got their head up their ass a little bit. A transformational coach, can you talk more about that? Everybody will know about the physical and the nutritional side of personal training. Uh, I looked at that tree-headed monster of, of looking, at, especially of 2020 transpired to be a very stressful, uh, turbulent time for many people, uh, myself included. Uh -huh. I think mindset is coming to the fore yes. within the, the, the physical realms of is as important as the physical, if not more important. So mm -hmm. it's getting people to be, you know, aware of their their, their body from a psychological standpoint, where yeah. even a little bit of having no actual something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not that bad because ultimately we were never just fully in control of our destiny anyway. But if you stay in the moment, and you focus on the present, obviously the, the future will take care of itself because ultimately you're in a here and now. Mm -hmm. You don't dwell on, on, on the past because for most extents, you can't do anything about that. Um, I know I know news likes to dwell in the past or well, they should have done this, they should have done that. Yeah, but they didn't. And, yeah. and 2020 is a wonderful thing. But ultimately, I think people should focus more on themselves and being this an entrepreneurial one. Ultimately, being able to look at yourself in the mirror is a very hard thing to do, but that's where you should probably start. So you actually do the physical development, like so you coach individuals to eat healthier, live better. And then you had a really good point about the mindset, because mindset is really the foundation for anything in sports and business and raising your kids. Pretty much anything you need, you need that foundation. So it's, I'm so happy that you're involved in that as well. Well, I think I think you go you go even a step further than that, Shade. You know, mm -hmm. behaviors and habits are built yep. on ultimately our predecessors. I, I said don't look back in the past, but to make my point, ultimately you learn from your parents. So yeah. be it good or bad or indifferent, most of your habitual things that you do. Yeah without thinking from the age of, I think between zero and six, seven are six, automatic yeah. because mm -hmm. you're, you're wanting to replicate what you see in front of you. So you as a child don't know any different. Uh -huh. Once you become an adult, it's a little bit more difficult and it's, we talk about um, psychology. Yeah. Those things are deep rooted. Those things are very much in, yes. the, in the subconscious. Yes. And it's like pulling out weeds. But yes. if you can get people to be able to, I won't say fix it, but improve the way in which they mm. portray themselves, they look at themselves, albeit mm. in the physical, looking at not being able to look at themselves in the mirror, the way that they speak to themselves, etc. Ultimately, if you are in a fairly good place to a very good place, you wouldn't let anybody belittle yourself. But why do people do it to themselves? And be it, I've always want, I've always had a fascination with that. I've wanted to learn and, and look at, you know, self development, be it books, audio books, 
uh, and things like that. And I, and I would learn with um, Trevor Marwood's um, uh, neutral thinking of, mm-hmm. you know, you, you let go of whatever happened. Bad, yes. especially sport is very easy because it's pretty much anything can go wrong at a blink of an eye. You've kind of mm-hmm. got to let it go, move to the next thing. Uh, and be, he worked with the NFL teams mm-hmm. and then being in the well, make or break now of the playoffs, you, mm-hmm. you lose, you go home. Um, mm. So ultimately, w- the, the point I'm making with that is they've got a kind of, I won't say it's an on-off switch. And I was thinking to myself the other day with this of why was I so successful in that environment? And it is so complex as to, you know, the environment that you, you're surrounded by, uh, not just from a team perspective, but the, but the family dynamic and, uh, you know, your support network looking after your emotional well-being coming back to my earlier point of you know the mindset is so important Mm -hmm. we're kind of seeing where people have kind of let things slip and not taking care of themselves and things the demons are coming out of the closet now because it's like well your body's probably giving you a lot warning signs as well this is not okay Mm, be you've either gone to medication, gone to drinking, gone to something else yeah. to put, to be be able to push it and brush it to one side. Now that we're inside, okay, it's nearly a year on from people saying about you know white white wall syndrome of not being able to look at the similar surroundings for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But that's that's where we as human beings. We've not evolved. We've we've probably used more and more um, ways in which to distract ourselves, to not actually actually look to solve. You know, the, the, these things that are like microcosms. Like they're, they're small when they start off, mm-hmm. but by by the time we actually come to to, to realize and actually to to solve them, they're sometimes massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that point that you made about the subconscious, and most people don't even realize that a lot of things that we do day to day, these habitual things that we do, are pretty much most of them are are created in that first seven years. And then I also call them that you know um, I call them other people's uh, programming. So OPPs basically in that in that seven years, you're taking it from your parents. Your parents got it from their parents and their history so really taking those conditions those those um programming the habitual habits with you um but paying attention to that mindset and making those changes on the foundation and yes it can get very emotional um i've been through that whole process and but once you know and once you replace them everything just starts changing right in front of you and i kept it just sometimes you even think about how powerful that is at us as human beings if you really just even think about it try to even comprehend and you put some time into it you'll be like you'll be saying wow it's so miraculous, you know, like everything about us. Well, you talk about programming. School's pretty much like that. I, I saw yeah. a, a meme on, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of social media all the time, but be it for this argument, it was um, a tree. And ultimately the, ki- the kid was a um, twiglet. So it was looked like a, he hadn't been uh, shaven down yet. And you see all the, ki- the other kids in, in the classroom you know, starting to be conformed 
So you're talking about programming in terms of oh, school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bro- it's a, it, that is a broken system because ultimately, mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, the American system's got flaws in it, but mm. where I'm in the UK, it's deemed you know from from tertiary education. If we wanted to go to university, you know, Oxford, Cambridge, uh, very high esteemed, but mm-hmm. it's still. In the Victorian age, creating factory workers yeah, ultimately. Exactly. Well, if we, we put it to Employee. the modern world, you know, dr- drones, people that can't think for yeah. themselves, and you ultimately, we get into a system kind of where we were, you know, the middle of last year mm-hmm. of mass hysteria because ultimately yeah. people believe the media. The media kind of has an agenda in itself, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But and ultimately, they probably need to hold hands up and kind of say, well, we don't always tell the whole story because if we can be able to sell more newspapers, we'll be able to sell more advertisement, mm-hmm. we make more money. So if we mm-hmm. keep you in a state of hysteria, fear. It sells. The internet is probably the downfall of, of mass media because ultimately what is real and what's fake mm. or using Trump, you know, fake news. <laughs> unless you delve deep enough to actually find the information for yourself and make a, maybe a third or like plan C opinion on something. Uh-huh. Most people won't do that. They'll take cause whatever the first information comes to the fore. Oh, I'll go with that. That's gospel. That's my, that's my bread and butter. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> going to go out and, and go out my way to mm-hmm. uh, maybe take a, another opinion on it. So that's probably where mindset is some people are setting their, you know, people talk about they're setting their ways. As I've always done that. My family's always been that way. I quite like my family. It's, it's not all, it's not set in stone. It's if we need to change something to, to improve our circumstances, we'll do it. So be it when I was in my early days of my, my sporting career, um, I was dropped from uh, British swimming as a 18, 90 year old. So first year in university, uh, I had met the world in front of me yeah. uh, and ultimately have that bombshell dropped at me uh, at Christmas to kind of say, well, you're not going to be on the program anymore. I thought to myself, well, I'm going to be coming back in the new year, be a student. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that would look like because I'd never actually experienced being 100% immersed in my academia. I was probably above average student, but I never really pushed myself to out my comfort zone in the classroom. It would be, oh, if I get a B average, oh, that'll do. Um, yeah. Didn't go very well though with my parents all the time. It's like, well, James, if you to push yourself a little bit yeah. harder. Um, you 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 don't you don't you don't know where you got to. I think that's where I've probably button heads with myself. Once I got to university, it's like, well, yes, I'm bright enough. I had a moment to blip before I applied. It's like, well, I'm not smart enough. I don't know where that came from because I've never thought like that in a sport, sporting context. Am I good enough? Mm-hmm. If I'm not good enough on on that stage of play. I need to get better because ultimately I, that's where I am my most comfortable. Uh, I seem to thrive. So I don't go off t- on a tangent too much. My mother said to me, once I tra- transition from one sport to the next from swimming to rowing is mm-hmm. this is stuck with me uh, nearly, f- what we're talking about nearly 20, 15 years on. Of mm-hmm. You could be very, very good or absolutely useless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never saw the second one as a negative. It was okay. If I'm not good at this sport, I go and do something else. Whereas 
where you talked about earlier on in, in, in the episode of people being programmed, mm-hmm. they're not good at it, and somebody deems them to be a, f- a failure at it, mm-hmm. I'm going to give up or quit, not try and kind of reinvent it mm-hmm. and kind of say, well, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong, which most teenage sports people love to do because it's ultimately it's kind of the putting the middle finger up at people it's like well i'm going to show you i did it pretty much to um i i have a, I have a high, high school uh pe teacher to thank for most of my success because i was probably even worse to you're not going to do very well in sport i had kind of the rhetoric on a probably fortnightly basis every two weeks maybe yeah. a bit sooner than that as you're not going to amount to anything because i got in the wrong crowd i heard that I'm too academically so yeah. it's like well, okay here you go and if i wanted to rub it down your throat i can show it off the internet it's like here you go you gotta if i wanted to i could keep sending you that and it's probably information on the internet that I, even i if I, I i'm not that fussed but that I probably don't know about myself that's out there, be it good, bad, or indifferent from my sport. Most of it is good because it would be like interviews. So, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to uh, talk badly about myself because ultimately uh, at the heights of sport, um, this is where I think athletes are starting to come out of the shadows as being their authentic selves as well. This is what I'm like here, here, here. I've got my adversity like anybody else. I'm not this person that has to be thick skinned or, you know, a knight in shining armor as, as I need to put armor on to be able to take on somebody else. And, you know, any, anybody like uh, you talk about um, getting under people's skin, mm-hmm. I made sure that wasn't possible. So it's probably me opening up more and more. So doing interviews on podcasts, um, kind of showing a different side to me. Uh, so people can kind of say, well, I'm not going to put James on a pedestal. Um, I don't like to put myself on the mountaintop because that you, you're going to get shot down. But the point I'm making from that is it kind of shows the humanistic side to, to the athlete. It's, it's a willingness to, you know, go, go above and beyond to, mm-hmm. to get to the elite level. But that ultimately is, it's, yes, it's, you could say sacrifice, but also it's a, it's a passion that, uh, that it's a longing, you know, you're still that little kid on whatever sport it was and you're fortunate to do it on the international stage. And ultimately when it, when it calls, calls time, it's, it's become, it's become a job and not a passion. Mm-hmm. So for you, are you able to share like your story, how that entire transition happened? How long have we got? The lesson? Well, <laughs> well, I know that's true, but I'm so curious. Just even maybe the part where that, that you realized that you needed to make like that transition. Um, I can't pinpoint exactly when it, it was mm-hmm. a reality because it was probably a few turning points within my early career. Um, I had a coach, because I grew up on a military base, to give some people some context. 
Um, so I started swimming relatively late. I started as an 11, to 11 year old. Um, and one of my first international coaches said to me, the first meeting we had speaking to him back in 2002, uh, as, as I was a spectator at the Commonwealth Games in Manchester, and mm. he said, no, you're too, you're, you're too old, 11, you can't make it. Ultimately, it's like, what was I, 15 years old? I'm going to That's show true. you. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. I didn't say it to him, but yeah, to, yeah. To, to, so people can get some context. Yeah. That coach had after dinner speeches on that that um, event alone because my mum went out of her way to put me in a position to lay the breadcrumbs for me to be able to start on that journey. And I think you talked about you know programming mm-hmm. that goes back to at least my grandmother because yeah. my mum she couldn't face coming back to to the house having not put me into the position so i don't know if it's the theater of god of not because mm-hmm. my grandma wasn't like she wasn't like ruled with an iron fist but be it uh because i was an only child i guess because i'm being a grand grandson i like my sport i want to see james be, be successful unbeknownst to, to me um, my mom my, my aunt my grandmother passed away that year so she never actually got to see the, the the flutes of the labor of, of that of that year so mm-hmm. i i did throughout the 10 years that was in sport i'd look up to the heavens periodically and kind of say well i hope i made you you made you proud because ultimately mm-hmm. you've not been able to see it mm-hmm. and i i think i think especially in the early days for me it was doing it not just for myself it was a, a recognition to the hours and hours of um, sacrifices, especially my mom had to make uh, being a single parent to take me to practice, to cook me dinner late at night when I got home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was over a couple of years. So I owe an enormous amount of kudos to probably my family because they've been oh. very, very supportive uh, for those 20 odd years. And I think most people don't see that. And I think with having that support network beyond my family and my mm-hmm. performance director quite cl- I lost touch a little bit, but I reached out at the middle of the pandemic last year to touch base again. And he was like, Oh, you need to tell your story of your 10, 15 years in sport and it being kind of a helping hand to other people. That's not as easy as, as people think, because it, there's ultimately there's good, bad, and indifferent, but you've got to be able to make um, choice choices out of those of what, what's going to be more powerful for somebody else reading it, listening to it, not just massaging my own ego to be to reminisce of the good old days. Um, so that's that, that's more difficult than I ever thought. It is that to go down on paper. But it's trying to say, well, this is a good memory for me, but it's massive impact of even even stuff messing around on the playground. Of mm-hmm. uh, I've had comments of this is going back and it shows people of younger years of being on the game console and not being outside and you know, kickball. Uh, and playing outside, and, and especially in the, like probably the sort of in the summer months, and somebody kind of made a comment, oh, because. I've got a disability. Uh, you won't get me out, blah, blah, blah. And ultimately, um, so they thought I'd be easy to target to, on, 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 on the outfield, kick it over me. 
Uh, not only did I catch that ball, I also caught the person who was on the first base as well. So it's like, it, it, it's not to make, you know, presumptions and assumptions out of people on first impressions because ultimately it, you, you can't be quick to jump to, to, to conclusions, especially not now because um, what was I watching this morning? Because it'd be it's an entrepreneurial one of, BBC News asking um, a book company about, you know, being able to change the background behind and be, uh, and be able to, uh, as clientele, buy specific books to suit your personality, blah, 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 your business, whatever you want to be able to give off to the camera with us being more remotely. And the the I call this bad journalism because he asked, obviously, yeah, like a script, of what do you do for the film industry? I thought this, this is a stupid question. I think, well, it's, it's, if that's the business that the person is in to sell books by the yard as, you know, um, penguin books for kids, older books, I couldn't think, but ultimately I've got, my, my house isn't too bad because I've acquired a lot of books through the generations because I've had a fascination with geography and things like that. So this, for me, that's quite, quite relevant yes. to, to yeah. Matt behind. Cause I've, uh, if you really go into it, that was almost an obsession to, wow. to find out about, you know, the, the, the flags of countries. So, Cultures. Different oh, cultures I, I think, and everything. But that's, yeah. but that's been how I've been brought up. But being yeah. on the mainland in Europe, mm. it was easy to travel. It's a little bit more difficult now, be, be it with Brexit. Yeah. But ultimately, that's that's political um, thing, and, and eventually probably find a way around it be, to be able to sue everybody. But to tie that in with the sport, when we'd be watching the opening ceremony for the Olympics, teammates would ask me, well, "What's this country?" before it comes up. Um, but I think I got one wrong, but uh, that's probably down to years and years of interest and, and uh, external on bits. Families had maps, you know, yeah. uh, uh, especially in the UK when mm. the map was virtually all pink, the British empire. It's like, well, mm. that no longer exists. So be it, you know, like when this quiz shows come up mm-hmm. and I said, what's what did this country used to be called? Blah, blah, blah back in the day. Uh, I think one we did a, a quiz for for one of the sports teams I play play before locally, and it was Ceylon tea. It's like, well, okay, Sri Lanka bump, and people were so, how do you know that? And it goes back to being given. I think it was my aunt's encyclopedia when she was at school. Oh, so we're really? Talking of the late fifties, early sixties. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where. It is. I think it might be in the house somewhere. But that kind of is history, it's geography, and things like that. It's a fascination to to learn about how the world's changed to a certain extent. It's obviously got a lot smaller uh, with, with technology um, flying being a lot easier up until mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, that's not going to change. You know, the the, the aspect of using technology of zoom microsoft teams uh, and things like that why do people have to fly halfway around the globe to do a business meeting it's like well you don't yeah. you can, it, it's a good and bad uh, of both worlds. yes it'd be nice to be able to uh not have a a pandemic mm-hmm. and be able to do what we wanted to do but on the other hand being having to not having to up sticks deal with security, et cetera, and all the, mm-hmm. the, the pitfalls. Pros and cons. Mm-hmm. 
it's actually a bonus. So mm-hmm. y- yeah, there's this, the, there was digital or what I come on with LinkedIn called it, but technology fatigue. Yeah. Well, that's not really zoom. That's because you've been sat in front of a computer screen for hours on end in your eyes. Social tight. media. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and TV. And, and then coming back to, to the point I made at the very beginning of taking care of your mindset, that is a that's a big one that people don't really think of it. They gloss yeah. over it of if I watch reality television, I can kind of be a roll up and, and kind of be dead to the world. I don't really have to concentrate. That's the whole point. Yeah, it's great. And you had a really good point about perception too, right? It's basically people's perception, how they look at things and how they will pretty much feel after um but you do have a a great point and especially with the looking at covid and especially looking at in certain ways i love the fact that i'm able to work at home and meet so many people in a day i could never even imagine doing 10 zoom calls in a day i mean 10 meetings in a day before you know i would probably max i probably did maybe two three but like eight, you know, six, eight is pretty, pretty common to have nowadays with this being at home. Well, it's got to be, you got to be open to different experiences. It's very scary sometimes looking at the news and people, you know, uh, did I, did I see what was going to happen in America? I don't sound American, but my father's American. Did I see what was going to transpire two weeks ago to happen? No. Did I think they would maybe have to do martial law to get him out of the White House? I was I was jokingly saying it to people, but I thought, well, yeah, I had a feeling he's not, he's, he's not going to go without he's, force. Mm-hmm. Did they? Did he think that people would be to go to that extreme? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But obviously, social media has kind of said, well, we're, we're not. And Twitter banned him that week. So he's thinking, well, mm. social media is somewhat at fault because if you ban him for a little bit, shouldn't you have the foresight to kind of say, well, okay, there's a you, you didn't like whatever the tweet was, obviously, to, to, to incite um, hatred or whatever mm-hmm. you want, resentment mm-hmm. towards somebody else. Ultimately, if somebody is so downtrodden and kind of feel like they're, excuse me, marginalized, that's bread mm-hmm. and butter. That's been proven time yes. and time throughout history. As ultimately, somebody within is grows into power on the back of something like that. Mm-hmm. So, are, are we as a, as a race and a human race at that matter? What I mean mm-hmm. by that? Yes. Are we learning from this? Yeah. History probably says no, because why, why should, why can we not coexist? Probably very difficult in capitalism. Yeah. Because ultimately it's vacated on getting to the top. That's why I disagree when sports say winning at all costs. I probably would agree, agreed when, it, when I was in it because you stand between me and the prize. I'm going to do whatever it takes to beat you be it you know if it means resorting to some sort of cheating that's the gray area but i think Mm. where business and sport do talk about you know they're very much in synergy with each other i i would agree when it comes to that winning at all costs you know i must Mm. do everything whatever it takes to be able to get it ahead in life but at what cost as long as it's ethical right yeah but then that's a difficult one what what, what people 
that's like comparing apples to oranges. What somebody deems to be ethical and what somebody thinks is unethical, if they'll probably put it into the gray area and say, well, I think it's ethical. You think it's unethical. They can justify it, you mean. Yeah, we could justify anything. That's the, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, it's, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the, that's it depends the on a person. <laughs> yeah, you can justify anything. Um, but, I, but I think there's no right political standpoint of, you know, socialism, capitalism. They've all got their pros and they've all got their cons. Ultimately, socialism works to a point but nobody wants to be on an equal playing field. Nobody wants to have the same thing because you'd be moaning about, well, I want to have a better house. I want to have a better car. Uh, I want to have, you know, have travel whenever I want. The, the system is holding me back. Mm -hmm. In theory, it's a wonderful system because everybody's equal, but then it, it only takes one it only takes one person to step out of line mm -hmm. and the whole system breaks because yeah. people will kind of say, well, I want to go with him. Yeah. It's the same with economic migration. You know, people migrating to improve their, their quality of life, you know, people from like war-torn countries trying to come to Europe, but most probably specifically to their end goal is probably to get to, to, to here because of our social security blanket. But UN mandate of that is you, you're supposed to stop in the first free country, which the Greeks and the, the Italians and the Spanish probably wouldn't be very happy with that because it's not that far from Africa. But it's normally kind of, well, you need to go on your way because we, we've got too many of you. Thus, you know, it's some, somebody else's problem. But where I agree with some of, you know, historical things, what my family will say of if, if they stayed in their own country and we as a planet look to help them in their own country, they can thus bring up the actual economic standpoint of their own country. And they're actually helping their country as opposed to, you know, migrating to a different country, mm -hmm. sending money home. What doesn't help actually help where you're living because you're not actually spending money in that country. You're, you're sending it home. But mm -hmm. if, you, if you took one marble and you put it here, it actually creates shockwaves in their own country because yeah. you take a doctor out of, out of their country. Yes, it helps us, but it could help a lot more people because it's kind of a ripple effect. But, mm -hmm. you know, you, you've been on the ground as that if you put yourself in that individual shoes, you're going to try and better your, your circumstances and that of your family to take them in, in the, that life of in poverty. You're going to do whatever it takes. The news likes to do comparisons, especially in this country, of, you know, uh, it costs X amount of pounds to live a week in that country. It also doesn't cost as much to have water, electricity. Mm -hmm. They seem to be happy. But if you if you that you probably showed them this is what the life you could have, that ultimately creates mm -hmm. probably a world that we live in. It's like, well, I'd rather have big, big, you know, like reality TV programs, a big house, big car with American well, Americans mostly big cars anyway. But the point I'm making is some people, if they're not happy in their, their skin or their identity, are always chasing something or 
that's why I think Christmas carols are, is probably a very, it's probably self-development long before it's time because it's pretty mm-hmm. much, it shows, you know, Christmas past, pr- Christmas present and Christmas future. Mm-hmm. If you don't get your, your house in order, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be uh, this, this shriveled old man, very, very well off, but there's not going to be anybody to, to mourn. Yeah. You care less that you're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the world's like that anyway, but mm-hmm. I think where people need to be, I'm going to try and be a little bit more uh, uplifting. What I'm going to say is can learn from things in the past. But don't live in don't, it. Don't, don't live in it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for me, I learned quite a lot from some of these drama series where they put kind of uh, self-development psychology in it. Uh, and theories it's like well i can't remember it in terms of you know it's okay to go backwards to learn from it as opposed to be nostalgia oh yeah two types of nostalgia it's one where you know you know high school kids will they can't get stuck they get stuck mm-hmm. in that that era of the bygone era of uh, being in the high school football team for example uh where you're stuck in the past you know like these small towns of living their life through the kids it's like, well, that's yeah. that's that's yeah. not an ideal life for for. I'm fortunate. My not neither of my parents were like that. I had a, I kind of had a choice of well, if I want to do this, as long as you put 100 percent into it, that's good. Mm-hmm. I I saw pushy parents. Those were kind of kids were very fun to beat because ultimately they've got to go home and deal with that. But you know the nostalgia of going back and and. If it's something bad, obviously, and, and you learn from it, that that's 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 one good thing about failure. Mm, you failed, course. but it's learning from well, yeah. what did you do well? Which, as humans, we don't do. We don't, we don't look at the good. It will be ne- kind of dwell on the negatives. Like, well, okay, perception problem. Right? It, it, it's it it didn't go particularly well. How come? Mm-hmm. And look to to problem solve. Put energy and, in that. Well, it's that's. I think it's 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 easier to point the finger. Mm. Oh, I didn't do yeah. it because of mm. X, Y, Z. Mm. And coming back to my initial point of looking at yourself in the mirror, mm-hmm. I, I've been I've been guilty of it as well. More probably in sports, business not so much. Um, if something's gone awry, and I did throw out a statement a couple of months ago, my my coach was like, "No, no, it doesn't need fixing. It needs improving." Mm. So you need to yes. change your language. Yes. Because um, yep. I kind of said, well, I, I went a bit further than that. I said, I didn't need to rip it up and start again. Um, but what are you saying? Well, there's, there's, there's going to be good parts of, 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 your, of, of the program. There's obviously stuff that's not working because it's not resonating with people. Mm-hmm. And, and there's probably things that are good about it. So yeah. I'm in the midst of, um, well, not a rebrand. I'm nearly finished a rebrand, but doing a new website. And I just reached out to one of my clients. It's like, well, I gave you X to give you Y. Instead of me trying to guess and do marketing jargon and kind of being manipulative, what did I do for you? So he asked me, can I can I come back to you at the end of the day? I said, absolutely, because that's that's gold dust because that's from the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, not everybody's going to resonate with what he says, mm-hmm. but it's not me making it up. It's... It's like, well, I want. I, I'm. I'm curious as to because what you asked me, what did I do initially? It's, it's no cookie cutter approach. I'll look at each person individually as, well, you might want to lose weight, but what is the major sticking point 
that's holding you back or has made you what's the foundation fail, yeah what's the foundation of um i won't call failure but what 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 do your foundations look like are they mm. crap mm. Uh, and we use if we were to use florida as the example if your foundations are not very good and the hurricane comes through you're not going to have a house yeah no matter how nice the house and no, the foundation doesn't matter aren't very, aren't very good mm-hmm uh, so people do ask me, well, how, how, how do you, James, be so positive? I think the flash is very, was very easy because ultimately the, the, the world's doom and gloom. Yeah. Why do I add shit to the fire? It's, yeah. Uh, why add shit to the fire? <laughs> if it is negative, it's a problem. But at the end of the post or the video or, or the podcast, there's a solution to that problem. It's like, well, this is what I encountered. This is how I overcame it. These are your choices. Not necessarily they're all going to work for you. Uh, you might need more. You might need less. You might not t- t- take any heed to any of my advice, which is fine as well. But ultimately, there, there's always a solution. I think one came up because um, I had a, a business meeting myself with my coach and a few of my colleagues a few hours ago, and he was like showing LinkedIn and, and <laughs> paranoia with to do with digital things again well, i'm not going to read that so i probably could guess what that after that that article is going to be about because mm-hmm. you know you kind of get stuck with social media especially with twitter for example of you know you read one comment mm-hmm. five ten minutes later you're still there and still scrolling it's like <laughs> um massively destructive for your emotional well-being because mm-hmm. most of the time it's not going to be it's not going to be you know. I turn I, I turn all notifications off so none of my notifications the only notifications I have are for my text message and um, and calls anything else is I don't get anything come up well it's, it's it's not as bad as it was this time last year mm-hmm because we know a little bit more about COVID than we mm-hmm. did back Jan- then. January. Yeah. It was China's, China's problem in January last year. Yeah. Like, well, if it stays there, okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, with the invention of 24-hour news, social media, yeah, probably those other, vi- you know, swine flu, bird flu, mm. were probably just as bad, mm. but it ha- didn't circulate. Because I'm yeah. thinking they're not that long ago, but I think, one of them was only about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. You're thinking, well, you were in the midst of university. I don't know what, what, what state of affairs I would be as an athlete trying to train for a game. Whether or not even goes ahead this year, uh, I have my I have kind of my doubts suspicions mm-hmm. about it. It be <clears throat> Olympics, so there's no, there's no, no spectators whatsoever. How you'd make that work when that's ultimately what it, it's, it's a cash cow to, to have the spectators because it costs, it costs thousands mm. to watch as a spectator, but probably very weird as a, spect- as a competitor, sorry, to compete. Uh, and then you hear a lot of retired athletes that, hmm, quite happy I was, I'm, I'm now retired. And, and, I, and, and I did have that misfortune, I think about March, April last year, they assumed I was still competing. It's like, no, I don't have that. No. I don't have that. I won't even say misfortune of, of having to, 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 to be able to train. Yes, it gets you out of the house, but stop starting. Mm. Um, I, know, I know one of my former teammates, he's out in South Africa at the moment. So that's not too bad to have been able to escape 
the winter of the northern hemisphere to go to the summer to, you know summer and the sun that's not most people would probably like to do that but there's obviously risk mm-hmm. associated with that as well um and people do kind of do ask well what what, what would it be like to it's like I, I did say to another rowing teammate like months ago we had it easy when we we're athletes He's got three kids now. Um, it's like, well, we don't have to worry about ourselves. And it's like, we can laugh and joke about that because mm-hmm. it's true. All I had to do was worry about number one, pretty much, yeah. you know, every, every male, uh, even though the bachelor years can relate to that, of you don't have to worry about one person, pretty much not. It's, it's a little bit easier. And if that looks as self-centered, like that it's Mm. it's kind of it's like well if it's not gonna make me better uh oh well it's 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 kind of one of those where i've probably changed slightly as an individual and become a little bit more empathetic of 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 people's uh problems of you know picking up on you know subtle cues in you know sighing and things like that it's like well what's what's wrong Whereas probably a bygone era is like, well, how can I take advantage of that and manipulate it for, mm. in my own way so I come out on, on as a victor? And pretty much, you know, you learn from the best of them. I had some some great coaches, yeah. especially when it came to psychology of you know manipulate not mm. not manipulating as such as you know stretching the facts. Yeah, to be able to 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 brainwash another individual to kind of co- to capitulate, um, and that one story I couldn't believe he was do he was kind of bending it a little bit. Or oh, James doing this, he's on the water every single day. This person wasn't training; he might have got been on the water like once a week, and he yeah, kind of was... he really he folded like a pack of cards. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. if that was me, well, I would have said, "Come on." Let's do it. James is all that. <laughs> Prove yeah. it. Mm. Uh, but I well, think that's where I've been brought up in a good that's, environment. That's awesome, James. I want to say thank you so much for taking the time, you know, to actually come on. I know we have more time now, but you actually did it. And I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time and came on the show, explained all these good, amazing things. I had a, I had a fantastic chat with you. It was great. Um, we will be sending the email with all the information when the episode goes live. And, um, you know, I, I honestly want to thank you genuinely. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime.